Welcome to Just Therapy with comedian Sean Boyd and Antonio Ferguson, where we talk about life with a comedy twist. We will discuss everything from comedy all the way to politics. So sit back and enjoy the therapy session. Just another day on the couch. Talking our problems away. What's going on, Mr. Ferguson? What's up with you, bro? Oh, man, you know, chilling, chilling, man, you know, ready for this podcast. Uh, since we are a new podcast, we do want to introduce ourselves so you know a little bit more about us. For sure. Because, I mean, if they don't know about us, how they go listen to us? They better listen to us. I mean, we come looking for them, but, I mean, I, I don't know how much that's going to do good, you know. True. True, true, true. So, I'm, I'm going to start off. We're going to get to know Antonio Ferguson. Got a couple questions for you, man. And it's funny because we've been friends for how long now? It's been at least what six? Six years? Yeah. At least six, maybe seven though. Maybe seven. Maybe maybe seven. Cause uh I did the stint, I did a year at uh that Time Warner before I left uh ADT. Yep. And you was at ADT for a year, right? Something like that. Something like that. You made it sound like it was prison, though. I did a stint. <laughs> Man, dude, listen. It, it, time, hey, listen. Time Warner Cable was a prison sentence, dude. Like, it was horrible. Because, like, I mean, we've been in sales. I've been in sales since I was 18, and I finally got out of sales. How long you been in sales? Since 2007. See, I was in sales since 99, bruh. 99 that's a long ass time and i just got out of sales when i went to deliver packages yeah that's a long ass, i got burnt out man i had to go i had to get the fuck up out of there man so sales will do that to you man. sales will do out. you in <laughs> and not in a good way and it was fun though we'll, we'll, we'll get to that so let's get to know my man antonio ferguson we're we gonna start you off with some questions that i that i put down so I'm going I'm to learn some stuff as our audience is learning stuff about you as well. That's what's up. Let's go. All right. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. My first, my first question, man, I want to know is where are you from? So I'm from Southeast Washington, D.C., Stanton Road, Alabama Avenue, one of the toughest areas in the country to be raised, but it made me who I am. So I appreciate my family keeping me strong and making sure that I was raised properly. Raised to be a nice, strong young man. A nice, strong young man. <laughs> you sounded so politically correct when you said that, man. <laughs> I was supposed to be like a nice, strong nigga, you know? <laughs> no, I got, I, we, got, we got to start off slow for him. That's no, what. no, we do. We do. We do. But but it was, it was funny how you said it, though, man. So so you say My mama DC. might hear this. Right over, over the bridge. Uh... You can see the monument just about from anywhere. And then the White House, I was about 15 minutes away. Uh, it was it was a fun time being, you know, growing up in D.C., being able to intermingle with, you know, different people from different walks of life. Yeah, uh, a bunch of different nationalities, right? Yeah, different nationalities. To be honest, though, for, for the side of town I was raised, I didn't see anybody that wasn't black until I was probably about six or seven years old. Really? Yeah. The, so, where I lived, it was 100%, not 99.9. .9, right. 
It was 100% black. 100? 100% black. All the way up until you was what? Six, Six you said? Six seven. My grandmother sent me to, when I hit third grade, she sent me to a school where the senators and things, because she was a politician. So she sent me Really? To, yeah. So she sent me to a school where a lot of the. It, it was it was an accident, but it yeah okay happened. yeah sure it was an accident yeah I'm 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 a hundred percent positive it was an accident okay yeah all right uh -huh. okay so <laughs> let let me get let me get a, a favorite childhood memory of yours. Well, my favorite childhood memory uh, is going to lead into the football conversation. Uh, one of my aunts. Married a guy. Uh, of course, it was a guy. Uh, uh -huh. Well, back then, okay. Back yeah. then. Back then, because you <laughs> yeah. said married. You yeah. said married. Back then, you know. Because don't get it twisted. We, we, we cool with the yeah. LGBTQ yeah, community. Whatever, whatever you like. That's, but that's back then, he, he did say he said married. And yeah. back then, it would have had to be a man yeah. marrying a woman yeah. and a woman married a man. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, brother. We don't we don't pick a side on that. I got you. Uh, but uh, back, yeah, she was married to uh, a Marine dude. And That's what's up. Six years old. Didn't know you started playing football at six years old. That's what's up. From there, it was, it was a go. It was a go, huh? We'll, we'll get into that. Let me, let me get some more about your childhood, though. Um... Give me a crazy childhood memory. Oh man, I got so many. Yeah, okay, just because we, we <laughs> might just have to make you want to go. <laughs> we might just have to make a whole segment on yeah, Antonio's crazy childhood man, memories. My, All right, give me one because we can always touch on that. Give me, give me one. Give me one that stick out right now. One that stick out right now. So I don't condone violence anymore. <laughs> I said anymore. Okay. I didn't say anything. I, got I preference that. Uh, and one of the reasons why is because reality hit me young. Mm -hmm. So when I was 12, me and a couple friends, uh, we were walking from the candy store. My mom worked late. She worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I was, of course, living with my mom. My dad wasn't around. Okay. So Wow. me long enough because I still was getting in trouble. But. Right, right. <laughs> Man, dude, like, like I just, like, I, we, like, we, we, we talked about this at the beginning. Like, um, I'm learning a lot about this dude right here, man. And it, and it's been, it's been my dude since I met him. Like, first time I met him, I thought he was, you know, a corny, corny dude. But then we got to talking and I'm like, man, this dude cool. And we like been almost like glued to the hip since then like like you said it was six six years seven years something like that yep. about six years and uh i i did not know that you have been shot before yeah it, it's not like i said you can tell when somebody really been shot because mm -hmm. like they proud to talk about it you know the, the ones that's not that that claim it as a as a badge of honor mm -hmm. like that, like when you've really been shot, like that burning sensation, like you don't forget that. Right. And you, that's not something you proud to talk about. Man. Right. Right. Because <laughs> I was in tears. I bet. I mean, you know shit. what I'm saying? So we go, we go lead, we go lead that right there. And pick up next episode talking more about 
my dude Antonio Ferguson uh, about his life because we we got to we got to get to you know his love of football and everything else and how he got here. That's why I had to you know back up a little bit because I wanted to know more about you know about my boy's childhood and see you know see see you know just see a different side of him, man. Like I mean, we we kicked it. So, but like I I did not know you was shot, man, and that's crazy. And then the simple fact that you went to an elementary school that was like literally for politics, man. I, that 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 had to be some different stuff. And then you you said you ain't seen nobody uh, besides your race all up until six years old until you went to that school. So yeah. that kind of I know that probably kind of made you well rounded to be be the man you are today. Like going to that school with, you know what I'm saying, did, with di it different a, it ethnicities. It was a culture shock in the beginning, I, though, I, man. I bet it was. Like I would do stuff there and they'd be like, like in my neighborhood, it'd be normal. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> I did one thing, like the teacher was so livid. Was, mm -hmm. She had to call the fire department. So I, I was telling the kids the <laughs> night before, like I was bragging to these, these, these kids, these kids from not, the neighborhoods I came from. Right, right, You know right. what I'm saying? I was like, man, we set, uh, like, the dudes in my neighborhood, they set the uh, the dumpsters on fire. Yeah. And that was a normal thing. And they was like, you can't set a dumpster on fire. So the next day, to try to show them that you could, I set the trash can in the school on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't mean no harm. Like, it was, but it was a normal thing where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Like. Oh, shit. Or like. Oh, man. Like oh, fighting, for instance, like fighting is a bad thing there, you know. That's crazy. Whereas in a normal city school, like where I'm from, like you get in a fight, they just send you back to your desk until you stop, you know. <laughs> there wait, you, you got suspended. Wait, <laughs> wait, we gotta we gotta finish. Wait, wait, because we was about to move on, but now we gotta we. I gotta know, and I know the I know our listeners gonna want to know. Did you get suspended for setting the trash can on fire at school? Yeah. Well, no. So I didn't. And <clears throat> and that's because I showed a lot of remorse because I felt bad. You know, did, I, did you cry? I did cry because okay. I, felt, I right. felt bad because okay. the teacher, she was really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, she she didn't understand why. And I tried to explain and articulate why I decided it was a good idea to do something like that <laughs> which you know looking back now I was like you're an idiot but in the mind of a, I'm trying to show them a different side of like life life yeah and you know they didn't understand they didn't understand why you couldn't say certain things to me and I just hit you whereas like they they were taught to talk things out you know what I'm saying <laughs> and I was like I didn't, I didn't know that like <laughs> and, and one thing I realized is most kids they don't want to be violent. You right. know what I'm saying? It's right. just, you know, they because of their surroundings, they have to be a certain type of way. A certain type of way? Yeah. Damn, so. damn right, my man. Oh man. All right, we go we go end that right there cuz we we go get into a little bit about myself, but like like don't get it twisted, audience. You go learn more about my dude Mr. Ferguson uh in the coming episodes cuz we we go revisit uh his childhood and everything else. So we like I said, we y'all go get to know us. So y'all can appreciate where we coming from and uh, realize why we calling the, the the podcast just therapy because this is this is our therapy. We on the couch right now hashing it out, getting our session in. So I know uh, I know my man. He has some questions for me, so I'm a, I'm gonna let him take over and I'll do some storytelling for y'all. Yeah. So I guess first off, let us 
Mr. Sean S.B. Boyd. Where are you from? Tell us about your a little bit about where you're from. Okay. All right. Well, I I, I was born uh, on 146 in Kinsman. Okay. The east side of the of the, of the hood in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. So and, <clears throat> my first thoughts of Cleveland when I was when I growing up and stuff was Bone Thugs and Harmony. You like boom, 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 boom. What was that? Saint Clair? Is that is is Saint Clair near Saint so, Clair? Okay, so Kinsman to Saint Clair was not close. Okay. Okay, so Kinsman and Saint Clair was not close. You figure uh, Kinsman to Saint Clair. In a car would take a good 20 minutes to okay. get there. Depends on how traffic is and which way you take. You know what I'm saying? It'll take about a good 15, about a good 15, 20 tops, you know, if, if, if you knew the, you know, the shortcuts or whatever. But um, so it was not like right next door or anything like that. Uh, Kinsman was literally on a street that went straight downtown. The next street over was Union. So they was right next to each other, if you ever heard of Kinsman and Union. But, uh, yeah, I, gr I grew up on 146 in Kinsman. Well, I was born and raised on 146 in Kinsman. And then um, my parents wanted us in a better school system, and they moved us out to Bedford Heights, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, but I did go to A.J. Rickoff. And um, shout out to AJ Rickoff. Shout out to AJ Rickoff. It's actually still there, man. Um, cause my grandmother, we we stayed upstairs for my grandmother. Uh, rest in peace, grandma. And um, so we stayed we stayed upstairs from her. And I remember so much about that section of my life. It's crazy, cause like I done blocked out sections of my life as I got older in different situations. But I remember a lot about growing up on Kinsman, man, on 146, man. I remember a lot about that childhood. Like, so I basically, we moved to Bedford Heights when I was about, about six, seven, about six or seven years old, about first grade. Because mm -hmm. I went to kindergarten at A.J. Rickoff, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your childhood. How was that, like? So, and I'm about to stereotype us. I feel as though I can do this. No, go ahead. You're good. So, but, like, how was it different growing up with a mom and dad in the household, whereas a lot of us, we didn't have that back in those days? So, it, it, it's crazy because so many people I know didn't have both parents in the household, man. We was blessed to have both parents in the household, man. And I, I don't, like... It's crazy because I don't know any other way. So, you know what I'm saying? I never experienced like, oh, I don't know my dad or my dad ain't around. Like, my dad was around until, you know what I'm saying, until I was grown, until he passed, man. Like, man, it's, 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 it's cool to even think about that. Like, I had, I, I can say I had a good childhood, man, having both parents in the home, man. So, give you a background story of my parents. So, um, I, I would have to check with my brothers, but so my dad had a heart attack, right. And survived. And so by the time I remember, you know what I'm saying? That, that age of remembering stuff, you know, um, my dad was always at home. And How my old was he when that happened? When he, uh, I want to say he was in, 
I want to say he was in his 30s okay. when he had his heart attack. So let's back that up then. Okay. Like, where are you? Where are you in the line of your siblings? I'm the youngest. Okay. I I am the baby of the family. I got two older brothers. We uh, are all five years apart, respectively. I got my middle brother, uh, Lavelle. He's five years older than me, and then I got my older brother, Walter. Is five years older than Lavelle, so I'm ten years from my oldest brother, five from my middle brother. Okay, so mm-hmm. you didn't even know that dude. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's funny that you say that. I ain't gonna bash him because I'm I'm gonna tell him to listen to the podcast. He probably won't, but whatever. But yeah, okay. <laughs> we're, we're getting that later. He'll be all right. His no. feelings might be a little hurt, but he'll get over it. So, so I want you to continue talking about your parents, though, simply because okay. I really like your parents. Uh, I, I'm sorry that they're no longer with us, but uh, I think it's one of the reasons why you know you are who you are. And you're passionate about being a father, which I love. So why don't you go ahead and continue about uh, talking about your parents and how it was growing up with two parents in the household. Man, it, it was cool, man, because, like, my, my dad was so laid back, man. It was crazy, like, because, like, he used to tell us some stories about him growing up, which was cool as fuck to hear, man. And uh, I didn't get, like, most of the stories like my middle brother did. Which was cool, but I, I definitely got a lot of stories, you know what I'm saying? And, um, cause, uh, like, <laughs> like he was so cool and laid back, like, like that calm, cool, collective dude. And my mom was like fiery, like business, like get it. Like, so like my mom literally went to school, went to high school, right? While I was like young. Like, went to college, not high school. Did I say high school? Yeah. Okay, I'm tripping. Went to college when I was young. So okay. she got three kids and a husband and went to Case Western Reserve and graduated from Case. Wow. And it's crazy because, like, I got pictures of her graduating mm-hmm. and I'm there right next to her. You know what I'm saying? While she earned her diploma, man. And it was dope because she she went back to school like she was so driven and so you know what i'm saying and so like motivated to provide for our family where she went to college with three young kids on deck and a husband that was you know disabled and didn't work you know what i'm saying like my dad got disability because you know from his you know his heart attack but he didn't work like my whole life my dad was home man like my dad didn't work because he was on disability. So uh, he was there, man. And <clears throat> like, but my mom was like one of the most uh, driven, educated, smart, beautiful women I know to this day, man. Because she literally made it happen. She graduated Case as a registered nurse and started working at University Hospital, which back then that was the hospital because right. everybody hear about Cleveland Clinic yeah. all over the place. Yep. But University Hospital was the hospital to be at. And she was a psychiatric nurse. So she used to work with the crazy kids and the crazy adults. So I used to hear like the craziest stories and we would pick her up. And like sometimes I would, you know, like come up to the, you know, to the floor, to the ward where she would work at. 
and I seen some crazy shit, dude. And it was, it, it used to baffle me how some of the shit that I seen, like I seen them like take kids and adults away in straight jackets, bro. Like crazy. the straight jackets, like I seen them up close in person and it, it, it was, it was dope, but like, it, like thinking about it now, but at that time when I was a kid, I'm like, what the hell is this shit? You know? Yeah. But, um, so it was cool. So like my mom was always at work and would come home. So like my dad was the person that cooked all the time. And so I got a funny story though. Cause like my dad, like, I swear this dude used to be so telepathic. Is that the right word for it? It depends on what you're using that. Okay, so he used to know so much before it happened. Yeah. Or like would know like okay, so let me set this up. So it was this it was a uh winter day. And I'm literally okay, so 146. So AJ Rickoff was on Kinsman, but in between two streets, 146 and 147. Okay. All right. So it was at, right there. And we stayed on 146. We stayed probably, if I had to count, maybe 25, 30 houses up from Kinsman. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like up. Like if you're coming from Kinsman, you walk up about 20, 25, 30 houses tops. So we, I would walk to AJ Rickoff okay. for kindergarten. All right. And I had a friend. I can't remember their name. But so I, I was okay, walking to school because I'm old as hell and I can't remember his name. So, <laughs> so I'm I walked to school and it was a winter day. So you got like the snow mounds mm -hmm. right in the at the playground of AJ Rickoff, right. where I'm going to school. But the snow mounds was before the door that we had to go in, right? right? And me being me, we walking down and we playing on the snow mound instead of going into school. Mm -hmm. So we end up being late for you know what I'm saying for for kindergarten. I get home and my dad was like, I seen your ass playing on them snow mounds. You go get your ass whooped, you do that shit again. When you supposed to go to school, you supposed to go to school. Like, he was just so cool. And I'm like, damn, how did he see that shit? Because the balcony, you know what I'm saying, our porch upstairs was right there. This motherfucker would watch me walk to school every single day, dude. Like, every morning... He watched me walk to school as a kindergartner. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of dope, man, just to think about it. Like, damn, he was watching me every time. Like, he wasn't just lazy and shit. He wasn't just sitting on the couch like, oh, yeah, go to school, motherfucker. And wouldn't, no, nah, he would literally go to the window. He probably was outside on the porch as cold as it was watching me. And I'm surprised he didn't yell down and say, get your ass in the school, which he might have. Because, like, we, because I, I, I'm old. But I rem I remember that to this day, man, and it was it was cool, man. I like I learned how to ride my bike down there from my uncle Kenny. My uncle Kenny was cool as shit too, man. Like, cause like we were all as, as a young kid, you would think everybody old as shit, right? Mm -hmm. You would think all the grown ups is like old. Am yeah. I right? Like yeah. you just like oh, you old. I nigga, thought my you uncle know. was forty. He was ten, two years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you thought your you thought your uncle. It's <laughs> like, why are you going to the same school I'm going to? <laughs> but that's here, Northern Air. Go ahead. 
said I thought my uncle was 40, but he was only two years older than me. Talking about why he's going to the same place. <laughs> That's some funny shit. That's some funny shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> my bad. That shit was funny. That shit caught me off guard right there. But, um, but yeah, so, like, he, he cared, man. Like, he cooked. I remember... Uh, as a kid, like, we used to break dance on the cardboard in the living room and shit. Like, I remember one time, uh, uh, us three brothers, we, had, like, had a little, like, a little dance session for our parents. And, like, they literally sat there and watched us and shit. We got the music playing from the boombox, and we we started break dancing, spinning they on judge. the head, spinning on the back. I don't think they really judged because we the kids, so, like, I don't think we even was, like, it was a competition. We was just like, hey, look at look at what we can do. Yeah, but I was, was gonna cool. say you probably won because the one brother was twenty, and you was five. So <laughs> they probably didn't think he was so cute anymore. He's <laughs> ready for him to go. Nah. Oh shit, that's funny. So that funny. so let me ask you this: You're a comedian. Yes, I I am. Yes, I when am. Did, was that at an early age where you knew you wanted to be a comedian? No. Okay. No. When, so when, we we going right to adulthood. We going right well, past school. I mean, and all we'll, that we'll shit. get back. Okay, to that, no, yeah, we can get back I, to I, that. I just want I want some context around you know because we're not gonna be able to cover a lot everything tonight. That's but true. I want I do want you know because you have fans. I want them to know what kind of drew you to comedy and and how did that come about. Okay, so you want to know how I got started in comedy? Well, is that, kinda, is that the question? Yeah. Well, first off, you answered the one because you know. It wasn't early on in life, but uh, no. what what drew you to comedy? So I, I always like to laugh. That's a given. Okay. Um, I, I assume everybody like to laugh. At least everybody say they like to laugh. Yeah. Um, and so okay, so I'm I'm just gonna get a backstory on how I became uh found out I had a gift. Um, so I start. I, I used to always watch like Comedy Central and Comic View. All the time, the BET and Comedy Central, and this was like in the nine ninety nine two thousand two thousand one something like that. Um, I used to watch it, and I was married at the time to my uh, to my son's mother, and uh, so one time I just like was thinking like, man, I think I should do comedy, you know, like because I'm watching some of these cats perform on TV, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, oh, but that ain't funny. Like, and I was like, how they on TV and they ain't funny. Like, you know, but everybody's humor ain't the same. You know, everybody, you know, everybody don't like my comedy and a lot of people like my comedy. So, you know, some comedy ain't for you. But I was looking like that that dude ain't funny. I can do that shit, you know. So uh, I started writing mm -hmm. um, in like 2000, 2001. And I went. To my wife at the time, and was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing comedy. And she was like, comedy? And I'm like, I guess I ain't thinking about it. Like, I thought I was going to get a different response on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the person you, you know, you married to. They, su they supposed to support you. You know what I'm saying? Because I was supporting her and what she wanted to do. And when I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing comedy, she just kind of like shot it down. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not thinking about doing comedy. So I kind of put that on the back burner. So uh, two years after that, in 2003, uh, my friend Tony Roseboro was murdered. Hmm. Okay. And so 
we at the funeral and I'm sitting there at the funeral and you know where they get that, that, that's that, that part in the funeral where they be like, you know, um, do anybody want to come up and talk? Yeah. The part that the preacher hates the most. Right. The yeah. part the preacher hates the most. I'm, and I, I'll, I'm going to get into what's going to happen at my funeral <laughs> later. But so anybody want to come and, you know, and talk and I'm everybody just sitting there. Nobody's really moving. And God told me to get up and go speak. Literally. Mm-hmm. He he said, get up and go speak. And I'm like, shit, I ain't getting up. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, I'm not getting up. Right. What are you talking about? And then I heard move. And people look at me and be like, what? No, literally. God told me to move. And when God tell you to move, you should you move. move. Like, yeah. you better you better move. Like, he literally said move. And I got up and was like, okay, went up there. I'm at the, the podium, you know, the little, with the little microphone and didn't know what I was going to say. And he's like, I'm going to give you the words, get up, move. And I'm like, I, I moved. I got up and started talking and people was laughing from what I was talking about and didn't, I didn't really think nothing of it, man. And it was cause it was weird. Cause people was laughing at what I was talking about. Didn't think nothing of it. Two years after that, in 05, my one friend got murdered, uh, Michael Red Wilson, my dude. We used to call him Red. He was a light-skinned dude, and he was kind of, he was red, mm-hmm. right? Like, he wasn't just light-skinned. The nigga looked at Red, and he was my dog. Older cat, cool as shit. And um, so his funeral come up, and in the middle of the night, the night before his funeral, God woke me up and said, write a letter instantly. Got up, grabbed a pen and paper, you know, pen and put notepad and start writing, start writing a letter. And I'm literally tears to the pad. Oh, like I, it was literally teardrops on the pad, bruh. And I'm writing this letter, crying, writing this letter, crying, writing this letter. So I know I'm going to speak at this funeral. Mm-hmm. That time come. Anybody want to come and talk? So I got up. So I got up and uh, was up there and was crying. And I was to the point where I was crying like a kid just got his ass whooped. Where I was like, <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't get my, yeah, one of them deep joints, couldn't catch my breath. And I'm like, man, like couldn't say or do anything. I'm like literally bawling, couldn't breathe. And the pastor that was officiating the service was like, you know, just breathe, young man. You got this. You got this. And I'm still at it. And like, uh, I remember his 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 kids' mom, um, one of one one of the people I grew up with. Like, she's older than me, but like, she watched me grow up. Right. Elizabeth Raglan, man. That that's that. She was always so cool, man. She was part of the heels. And we'll we'll get into that into another se- segment too, another episode. But they like, oh, just calm down, you got it. So I finally caught my breath and I started reading the letter I wrote. And people was laughing so hard from what I was saying. They was crying from laughter. That's what's up. They was literally crying from laughing so hard, dude. And I and I and it dawned on me. It was like 
God was showing me that he gave me a gift and he literally was like, here's your gift that I gave you. I had to put you in situations to realize you had this gift. And I thought about it. So, because at that point it dawned on me and I was like, wait, if I can make people laugh at a funeral when I'm not trying to, Dude, I know if I literally give it to God and and do it, I can make any people anybody laugh at any given time. Right. Period, right? And that was 05. It still took me till 2009, March 10th, which is today, to get on stage. Literally. It well, still took me another 5 years to get on stage and do it. Well, what made what made it take so long? Why didn't you after that? Why didn't you just go right at it? Uh maybe because when I first mentioned it, mentioned it in two thousand and one, how she shot me down. By this time, I was divorced mm -hmm. and uh, had this good friend of mine, uh, Amber Jackson, and she was like, "Look, you've been talking all this shit." about being a comedian and being funny. So I set you up a show at the Funny Stop Comedy Club. You got to do five minutes, but you're not about to go up there and just talk. You about, you about to sit down and write out a five-minute skit, critique it, memorize it, and then you go. And I'm like, okay. Like, I needed that kick in my ass to really get up and do it. And which, like, it's funny because I celebrate my 12-year my comedy anniversary today. And I text her this morning like, hey, thank you for kicking me in my ass 12 years ago. Like, literally, what if I wouldn't have did it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I needed that kick in the ass to be like, hey, you, you claim you funny. Get your ass on stage, but you go do it right. And she had me do it the right way where I wasn't up there just talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally, it took me, I sat down and it literally took me 45 minutes to an hour. I wrote out a five minute set. I critiqued it. I had it memorized. I cut some stuff out and I had it down. And it was like, all right, let's March 9th came up. March 10th came up and it was like, let's, let's, let's see what it is. So how did that go? <laughs> Man, that that was that was a great night, dude. Like um cuz back then I was I was smoking weed. I don't smoke weed no more, but back then I was smoking weed. And I know you'll probably ask this in a, in another episode, but man, I used to love smoking weed and I was high. I had a little liquor in me. And the place I was working at that time, right? was a place called Infocision mm -hmm. and it was in green mm -hmm. and uh, I was doing pretty much sales telemarketing and I was a trainer at the time. And like, everybody was like, when you do your first show, we go be there. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people say that, you know, like, but when you do your first show, we go be there. We, they, we had people calling off. It was like so many people that changed their day off to that day so they can be at the show to watch me because they was like, dude, you funny. Just in regular circumstances, we got to be there. I had 22 people 
about so I had like about 18 people from work. My dad was there, my one dude, Jay Luke, and my other dude, Shorty, was there. And they were sitting like maybe two tables from the front of the stage. And I remember exactly where my dad sat at. And I was high as hell, nervous as shit. And Pete, the owner of the Funny Stop, was like, oh, you're nervous. You're nervous as shit. And he was telling my friend, your boy is nervous and he's high. I see his red eyes. Like, he was getting on me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm both of those, but shit, I'm going to be all right. Your Pete voice is always on point. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Pete on the podcast, man. But uh, it was crazy because, like, it was a contest. I didn't even know it was a contest. I thought it was just like an open mic. So... I'm in a blue pinstripe suit with some blue gators on, looking fly than a motherfucker, right? <laughs> like, fly. High than a motherfucker, fly shit, right? Here come my time to go on stage. So, oh, and of course, Amber Jackson was there too, the person that kicked me in my ass yeah. to get on stage. Of course, she was there. She sat with my dad and my, 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 uh, my one dude. And uh, so... I get on stage, I grab the mic out the mic stand, grab the mic stand, move it to like the wall, like in back of me, mm -hmm. and literally felt like I blacked out. Cause I'm like up there doing my routine, walking back and forth, working the crowd, literally working the crowd, doing it. I hear laughs, I hear laughs, I hear my father laugh. Like, and it literally stuck out more than anybody's laugh and i heard him laugh and it just and it, and it felt so good i just kept going doing my thing like literally was like all right that's my time sean boyd put the mic in the stand walked off stage and the first thing i said when i walked off stage was i told you motherfuckers i can do this shit <laughs> That's and what's up. it literally from there I hit the ground running man That's what's up Hit the ground running So I know we're running out of time But a couple of things I want to know Who's your favorite unknown comedian? <laughs> My favorite unknown? Yeah Man Or My maybe semi-unknown uh, semi Maybe My favorite unknown? That the rest of us may want to you know what? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because I'm going to give you a, a, a dude that's been doing it way longer than me, right? Funny as shit. And he was the first person I got to host for. And he was originally from Cleveland. And he was funny as fuck to me. And he's still funny. And I ain't talked to him in a minute, man. I'm going to have to hit his, his ass up. His, his name was L.A. Hardy. L.A. Hardy. He used to call himself, and they used to call him the Black Dr. Phil. Oh, okay. Funny as shit. Funny, funny, funny dude. And there's a lot of other unknown comics that are, I think are hilarious. Like, it's, it's so much, it's so many to name. Can we come back to that in, a, yeah, in another that episode? Because I, I got a dude that I, I think is some, somewhat unknown. Uh, of course, you're my favorite comedian, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> you are all right. So, but this dude Jason Banks, 
Listen. I, I think he's listen. the stupidest, funniest person ever. I know Jason. Oh, okay. He from Columbus. Yeah. I remember the first time I met Jason Banks, right? Shout out to my dude, Jason Banks. Follow him on TikTok. I'm telling you right now. TikTok, Instagram, because that dude is hilarious. Yeah. And it's funny because... I, I ended up meeting him probably in like my first or second year doing comedy. Okay. Because somebody brought him up. But like somebody was telling me before, like, hey, we had this comic from Columbus named Jason Banks. Light-skinned black guy. Funny as hell. And I'm like, okay, okay, all right. And I finally met him. That dude, and like maybe because we were so young, but I, man, I know he's still the same dude. Humble, funny, just overall good dude man like me and jason cool like i'm gonna have to get jason on i'm i gotta i'm gonna reach out to him and be like hey come do the podcast because like that's gonna be a funny funny episode so we we got we, I, i'm telling you I got, I got some guests in mind and i'm gonna get to do the show and y'all go y'all really gonna enjoy this shit man y'all really gonna enjoy this shit who's your favorite popular comedian to work with <sighs> So we just go do the whole episode about us. This first episode, we ain't go get to the other segments. We can we can make it more than an hour. Motherfuckers will listen. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, this going to be the last question before we get into the other two segments before we break it down. All right? Sound good. All right. So what was the question again? Give it to me. Who was your favorite popular, you know, out there comedian that, that you've worked with? My favorite? Yeah. Hmm. That you may have opened for or... It had it had to be it had to be my family T J Miller oh, okay flat out like I don't I don't work with some funny dudes but this dude is family and he hilarious right like and just a genuine funny dude my dude T J Miller man like man that's that's my guy man he was in both um, both Deadpool's. Office Christmas Party, the Emoji Movie. Mm -hmm. He was in a couple of the Transformers. Yeah. Like, that's my guy. Like, he family, dude. Like, that's my dude. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get into how I met T.J. Miller in another episode. and Because, like, I'm, I'm going I'm to get T.J. Miller on this podcast, too. Y'all wait and see. Because, like, that's family. I can literally text him right now. What is It's a Wednesday. So, he might not be working. But... Or he might be on stage, but I can text him right now and get a response. Cause like if he's busy, I get a response in the morning. Yeah, and and it'd be like, "What's up, fam? You all right? You good? You that need something?" Like, yeah, we definitely gonna have to get like, TJ on. The like way. that's my guy, man, and he funny as shit. Like if you ever seen Office Christmas Party, you seen you ever seen that? Yeah, movie? yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The way he was on Office Christmas Party mm -hmm. is literally almost how he is like in real life dude that's what's up he is just that silly that cool and just that fucking funny yeah, man so make sure y'all check out tj miller gotta check out tj miller check out <laughs> jason Banks since we brought him up check out la hardy since we brought him up too man check them three out you can check out my shit too yeah, you definitely gotta check out sd boy shaw yeah. boy right Oh, maximum time for the record. Okay, all right. We'll keep an eye on the clock before we move to our next segment, nigga. But yeah, man, you gotta you gotta check them out. I'm, we, we'll we'll uh, end it up. We'll end up. 
I had an idea on like playing like maybe one of my jokes during you know the podcast, yeah. and we kind of break it down, and you might kind of ask me to the background or where I got that joke from or what made me come up with that joke. I think that'd be a cool ass segment too. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to make a little transition real quick. So we're about to take a little break from talking about me and my dude, Mr. Ferguson. And uh, our next segment is called the political corner. What'd you say? It's the political corner. (laughs) And I don't even like fucking politics. So what's the political corner about, Mr. Ferguson? So basically it's our way of letting our listeners know or updating them on politics, things that are going on around the nation. Uh, also giving giving people our thoughts. And when we have guests on our, our podcast, allowing them to share their thoughts if they see fit about what's going on in politics. Sound good. Sound good. You want to go ahead and start us off while I give me another beer? Yeah. So right now, you know, we're coming in a time where the political different parties are at a standstill. A lot of heads are being banged. You got the Republican party and then you have the democratic party. Of course, the democratic party just won the white house. And, uh, I believe they took the Senate. I think they tied for the representatives. So with that, yeah, for the house, I believe they tied and I believe they took the Senate or vice versa. But, well, it's whatever one, because I know a little bit. I ain't going to say I know a lot. Whatever the one that has more seats, because one is like 50, 50, yeah, 100 that's, people. That's the, that's the house. So that one's even. We have the majority in the other one. I mean, not we, but the Democratic Party. I was about to say, you claiming you're set? No, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not, because I don't trust none of them niggas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so right now, uh, in my opinion, I just think that the state of the country, is, when it comes to politics, is so in shambles. Uh, and I'm not going to blame it on one person. I think a lot of people are at fault for that. Uh, so I guess I wanted to kind of get your take on that. What What do you think as far as, like, the different political parties right now and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and where you see things going in the future. So me personally, cause like, okay. So I, I used to work, the, the call center I used to work at was called InfoCision. It was a political call center. They had two sides of the call center. They had the side they called the Christian side. And I did air quotes, ladies and gentlemen. And then they had the side that was the political side. And the political side, because like when I first interviewed, they was like, what side do you want to be on? Because like I was getting hired regardless. I, I just took a year off of sales mm-hmm. to work at a factory and I fucking hated it. And then I was like, let me get back into what I know. Telemarketing sales. Because I was good at it. Right. So I got back in and they was like, what side do you want to go to? The Christian side or the political side? So I was like, uh... Let's go to the political side because I don't know about their Christian side. Air quotes again, ladies and gentlemen, because it was some bullshit on that side where they took money from elderly for evangel, you know, the, the televangelists. Because yeah. I don't like those televangelists where you get a, a little uh, prayer cloth. And- y- yeah. Hey, 
sow a seed of $1,000 and we'll send you a prayer cloth and a book about how you can be blessed. And if you don't receive your blessing, we'll send you a book on why you didn't receive your blessing. Like that was some bullshit to me. I wasn't about to take... Man, I'm telling you, I can go on and on, but we got to go back to the politics. Yeah. Go go back to the question. About, okay. So, I don't trust either side. And a lot of times, as a kid and as an adult, you grow up voting for who or what political party your parents voted for. Right. Am, am I right? Absolutely. That's how it happens. Um, typically, we are two young we we not that old yet two young african american males right if you didn't notice by now cuz i did say you know the the the, the n word a couple times during the episode so don't get offended it's just general conversation and i'm not saying it with the er i could if i wanted to cuz i am black okay so get that straight but uh, normally black people side with the Democrats. Am I right? Yeah. Which sometimes you kind of have to wonder on why. All right. So I don't trust either, either party, mm-hmm. the Republicans or the Democrats, because as a person, not just a person of color, I feel as though neither side literally cares about anyone. Black, white, Chinese, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Asian, Native American. I don't think they care about the people mm-hmm. because I think they care about patting their pockets. Yep. Okay, that's how I felt. One of the best movies I've seen about politics was Distinguished Gentleman by Eddie Murphy. Yep. Have you ever seen that movie? Absolutely. If Audience, if you've never seen that movie, watch that movie. Look it up because it's an older movie. And I swear it was out before its time. I seen that when I was a kid and it got me hip to how politics ain't shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How politicians ain't shit. They literally in it to pat their pockets because the Democrats and the Republicans will sit there and outvote each other. Oh, I'm voting yes. I'm voting no. And then afterwards, they out kicking it together, having drinks, smoking expensive ass cigars, Still kicking it together. Where they just probably screwed us over. Exactly. Where they fuck us over. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know where it's going to go. But, I like, that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I just don't trust either one. I try to vote for the lesser of the evil. Yeah. That's what I try to do. Cause, because my whole thing is, God already wrote it. So, <laughs> whatever he wrote is how it's going to go down. Regardless, but I'm still going to vote because of what my ancestors went through for me to have the opportunity to vote. So I vote for the president. I vote in the local elections because the local elections is where you go make change. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because the president is just a puppet on either side. They're just a puppet and somebody else is pulling the strings. That's how I feel. That's my opinion on it, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what you think? I think I agree with what you said is, you know, growing up, you you start out voting, you know, who your parents voted for. 
the p parties that your parents voted for because obviously you're in the house, you're hearing their reasonings why, especially when the presidential election come from uh, come around. But as I got older, you know, I, I realized that a lot of things that our community, the black community were told, we mm -hmm. were misguided. Oh yeah. You know, like I didn't realize until till I started going out on my own that it was the Republican Party that actually freed the slaves. A lot of people didn't know that, you know? Uh, it was the Republican Party that did a lot of things that changed, uh, you know, changed the nation to where it's acceptable for us to be counted as people. And so uh, am I a Republican? No, but I'm not a Democrat either. Some of my ideologies lean Democratic because of, you know, my race and how some Republicans view being black as a weapon. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. But uh, overall, a lot of my other thoughts come from my Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So which leans a little more to the right, to the Republican Party. Right. So I consider myself more in the middle. But uh, I learned a lot of things, you know, in studying politics that the Democrats. So, like, for instance, and I'm not going to get into this because I know we can go down this and uh, <laughs> people will end up. Uh, I get some hate mail. I don't want that yet. <laughs> <laughs> he said yet. Yeah, I don't want that just yet. But like I found out, you know, the real story about abortion and how that came about. Uh, from a lady named Margaret Singer, who was a part of Planned Parenthood, hmm. who uh, basically uh, her her goal was to exterminate black people. Hmm. And that's how, you know, Planned Parenthood came about. And that's why, if you notice where Planned Parenthoods are located. It's in the hood. It's in the hood. And why is that? It's because their goal is, to, their goal, I'm not going to say now, maybe, the, maybe some of the things have changed. Of course, Margaret Singer died back in the 80s, I believe. But uh, her her initial goal was uh, to eradicate uh, or sterilize black people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, they'll bring them in for certain operations. And then next thing you know, that person, that female, couldn't give birth anymore to any more kids. And so uh, with knowing that, that's kind of, you know, started to trigger things that make me open my eyes to, okay, maybe... The, they're telling us, they're duping us into thinking that this party is for us. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's just a way to pacify us. They do things to pacify us so that they get our vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I, one of my favorite quotes, a lot of people ask me about my thoughts on, you know, Barack Obama. And I think... Uh-oh, uh-oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go there... Watch what you say about the first black president. Air quotes. First no, no, black you know president. I, I, I'm just honestly, messing with you. I'm I just messing think, with you, though. I think he he came in with the thoughts of making true, real change. And a lot of black people give him a lot of flack because he didn't make any true, real change in certain communities. But a lot of people don't realize that so many things that he tried to do was blocked. Was if, blocked. If you didn't look at, like, they looked at the bills that he did get passed, uh -huh. but they didn't look at the bills that he tried to get passed. Uh -huh. 
And so he did a lot of things, and not just for blacks. He did things just, that would just for try to unify, unify, exactly unify the people. Mm-hmm. And at every turn, they would do something uh, to. So that's when a lot of the Bertha stuff came up and things like that mm-hmm. to try to change, to get us to not take a look at what was really going on. The bills that he was trying to pass had us focus on his birth certificate. Right. You know, which was stupid as shit, which was stupid. So one of my favorite quotes, J. Cole, uh, uh, awesome rapper. He uh, he said that they forgot to tell the man that that there was no steering wheel to the ship, (laughs) that it was about to sink, that it was already sinking. So uh, and for and another thing is that I really appreciate about uh, President Obama is he took over a country that was in the worst state at that time ever. Yeah. You just came off of... You can't, t- you can't tell that to Trump supporters, though. No. And you just came off of 9-11, seven, seven years before. Mm-hmm. You're in a war. Damn right you was. You're in two wars, to be honest yep. with you, because you got Iraq still going on, and then you had things going on in Afghanistan as well. So, because remember, we still after Osama, because... Barack Obama was the one that uh, finally caught caught him and um, made him meet his fate. Which some people say was staged. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. So yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, a lot of people say a lot of things, and it goes both ways, but I, mm. I, I just think that he was one of the... He got it the worst, man. Because uh, it was not only from the Republican Party, but it was from his party as well. Yep. Where they just, they didn't want, because they knew if they, if he made the real change that he wanted to make, that it would give us more of a voice. And it's hard to control people that have a voice. It is. It is. And then the other thing he wanted to do, he didn't care. And this is what some black people get upset about, but he wanted to unify everybody. Yep. He didn't care that I'm black. You know, the next door neighbor was white. He wanted everybody to be one and fight together as one. Mm-hmm. But when you have a group of people fighting together as one, it's hard to defeat them. Yep. So they 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 didn't like it. So no. they, they blocked everything no, he no, did. No. So that's my thoughts on Obama. I thought he was legit. I liked the family aspect. Yeah. You know, they always tried to find something. They was classy, to, man. Yeah, they, they was, was classy. a classy and they, family, I hated bro. the way they attacked him, like... What was it? The terrorist fist bump. <laughs> he gave his wife a fist bump, which all of us thought it was cool. Like, you just fist bump. You know what I'm saying? What president you seen do a fist bump? None. You know, none. And then he, you know. JFK might have did it if, if the fist bump was around. Yeah. But he, he did a fist bump. He was shooting basketball. Then it was like he has a barbecue at the White House, you know, because he so, brought some kids over for food. You know what I'm saying? So, so everything he did was scrutinized. <laughs> To a level that was just, I just, you know, you just never seen. And uh, even the previous president, Trump, he was part of that. And then he is upset when the media, he called, he started calling it fake news. Mm-hmm. He was upset when the media would call him out on stuff. But he started a, a were you even born in the U.S. birther thing. So uh, I, I definitely think that that's my take on politics. Uh, right. Yeah, I got you. Look, can I, can I piggyback? We we gonna make this we gonna make this a little longer though, because like this episode gonna be like this is our inaugural episode, so it's gonna be a little longer than normal. 
So sit in with us. Keep 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 taking the therapy session in. Cause like I, I want to touch on what what you know piggyback off what my dude Mr. Ferguson was saying. Um, because you know uh, they they did to me they did give Obama a bad rap mm-hmm. because he wanted to give everybody health care and they call it Obamacare, right? But you got to remember, there's so much stuff that he wanted to put in that they made him take out, right? Because they wanted the big pharmaceutical companies to still get paid on it. So people be like, oh, well, when Obamacare was established, it made, you know, the uh, hospitals and the insurance rates skyrocket. Which, but you got to remember, he can only put so much in there and they made him take so much out that he wanted to put in there. Do your research on that. You know what I'm saying? Like some people just don't do their research. They just believe what other people tell them yeah. or what they hear on certain news stations, i.e. Fox, i.e. CNN. You know what I'm saying? Because both of them tell you what they want you to know. So... I got a story about um, Obama real quick about when I was working at InfoCision because, like I said, I was it was I was on the political side. Okay, so um, but real quick, uh, my dude uh, uh, Michael Ivy, comedian out of Cleveland, funny dude, had a joke, hilarious because he was like, "How you go say he the first black president?" Like. When did you start rounding up to the nearest Negro? He was mixed. He was everybody's president. He was black and white. But when you mixed, all they see is the black side. So they label you as a black man. You know what I'm saying? But he was mixed. He was both. And I appreciated that about him. But quick story about working at the political call center. So... The day he got elected, right? So, because, like, uh, the political call center, we was calling for, like, the NRA, uh, Newt Gingrich. We was calling for a lot of the Republican Party. We never called for the Democratic Party, Mm -hmm. okay? And I used to tell people that this job doesn't define who you are. I had to tell a pastor Mm -hmm. one time because he kept hearing the N-word with the E-R on it, and it... It it hurt his it hurt his it hurt his heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I don't understand why they keep calling you know Obama the N word, and it just doesn't make any sense, and it's so hurtful. And I had to tell him like, look, because I was a trainer at the time, so I took him in the office and was like, look, this job does not define who you are. When you hear somebody like that, that just lets you know who to pray for. And what you need to pray for them for. And he was like, wow, I'm a pastor. And I didn't even look at it like that. I didn't even think of it like that. You know what I'm saying? He was good on the phone too. But one time, I'm I'm literally, I was a trainer, but I had to do phone time, okay? And I was calling for the NRA and other political parties. And I remember this guy, he was like, so... Are you black? Because when you hear me on the phone, you know what I'm saying? You you put on that 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 educated, yeah, well mannered, like yeah, that well mannered voice. So he didn't know off of just straight talking to me what color I was. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like he didn't know. 
So he was like, you know, well, well, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, sure, you know, ask ask away, you know. And he was like, uh, are you black? And I was like, yes, I am. He was like, oh, okay, so what do you think? Um, so are you going to vote Democrat just because your parents voted Democrat? Or are you going to, you know, vote Republican because people tell you to vote Republican because of where you're working at? I was like, well, sir, uh, I'm actually going to do my research on both candidates and see what their policies are and see what aligns with what I believe in and vote from there. He was like, oh, you're a smart one, huh? And I laughed and I was like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a smart one. You know what I'm saying? Like I had one dude say, oh, especially when I was calling for the NR, he was like, let's go coon hunting. I was like, coon hunting? He was like, yeah, coon hunting. They on their damn porch. We can go coon hunting. You want to come down here and come coon hunting with me? And I was like, I sure do, sir. Let's go coon hunting. Let's shoot all them damn coons. And he was dead serious. And he wasn't talking about raccoons. So it was funny just listening to certain things during that time. And one of my favorite moments at that place was the night of the election. Because the next day we always had off. Because, you know, the managers and the supervisors and the trainers would come in. None of the callers, you know, none of the employees, the people that just call, would come in. Because they had to game plan on what their next move was, who they was going to start raising money for. So, everybody had the day off the day after the election. Mm -hmm. And the night of the election, it was a lady from the Christian side in the bathroom crying. And y'all might want to cover y'all ears. Y'all might not listen to us after this, but we real. So you go hear some stuff on this that might make you cringe, but it's real life. She was in the bathroom crying, praying, talking about, please, Lord, don't let this nigger win. Wow. And a lot of the people that worked there didn't vote Republican. Mm -hmm. That was just a job. And... I laughed when I heard that. And then Obama won that next morning, dude, we had, I had literally five front page, five front page newsletters on the changes come about change, Mm -hmm. about time, first black president. And they kept playing that song. uh, I forgot if it was 93 or 107 Hour, which is the Cleveland local radio stations, if you don't know. Um, they was playing a change go come. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was in the car bawling my eyes out, bruh. And I went in there with all those front page uh, papers under my arm, head held high, and walked in. And was like, what'd y'all think about that election? And a lot of them was like, oh my God, I can't believe he won. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I felt so proud that we finally made some change. It was just one of those, it was one of those days you will never forget, bro. Yeah. Never forget. That's how I feel about the inauguration, man. We we went down, a couple friends, mm. and we uh, we stood out there in that cold weather. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a, a an experience. Let's say that. 
my biggest my biggest issue with the with the with his election was that they got a lot of black ministers to speak against him. Mm-hmm. A lot of black preachers and and ministers and pastors to just, speak against him because you yeah. got to remember when Trump was running, all those black pastors that was supporting Trump. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, the one dude from Cleveland, I can't, he was the main one out there, man. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't care if, if you vote for who you want to vote for. I don't care if you voice who you want to vote for. Me but neither. The way, the way they did it, it just you could just see that it was something behind it. It was, yep, it, it was. It wasn't like, so that's my take on uh, Political Corner for this week. So to end Political Corner, I do want to say this. Like Mr. Ferguson just said, we don't care who you vote for, as long as you vote. Yep. Seriously, that's all it is. I don't care if you vote for Trump. I don't care if you vote for Biden. I don't care if you vote for the next Republican candidate. I don't care if you vote for the next Democratic candidate. As long as you vote and continue to vote, that's what it's about. Because that's the only way to make change. And to come together as a people. Because no matter black or white, red or brown. We all bleed red and we all want the same things for our family. Yep. Prosperity. Yeah. Period. That's that it. is it, man. That's it. That is it. So we go in, we go in political corner on that on that point to let you know we ain't like jumping on nobody if they're Republican or jumping uh lifting anybody up if they Democrat. You know what I'm saying? We just giving our perspective. On how we feel about politics in general. Because I don't like none of them motherfuckers. I said that at the beginning. And I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I got my problems with Kamala Harris. That are like. I, I, I'm. I yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. In, another, in another episode. Because like I said. We, we, we drawing this episode out. Because this is our inaugural episode so our next segment coming up is a, a segment that i like is uh crazy funny fucked up news we'll be right back to you all right so now we're moving on to our next subject uh the next this subject is called crazy funny fucked up news oh boy this sounds like this is gonna be good so go ahead kick us off sean <laughs> all right so like, I like to find some crazy shit, and uh, I put this, I actually put this on my TikTok and talked about it, but listen to this shit. Okay, so, and this was not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. The headline reads, Georgia teacher, Amelia Wrestler, that's her name, masturbated on video in front of kids. Said that's her. I like that back tattoo. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, right, boy, we got. Let's get. Let's get sorry. back to the news story. Okay, so look, she wasn't just masturbating in, in just in front of any old kids, though. Oh, it boy. was elementary school kids, right, bro. So that's, different. that's different. So that's 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 foul, man. Elementary school. Because I think about like I got a six year old. Like I wouldn't want my I wouldn't want to have to have that conversation with my six year old. Right. You know. Like, Dad, what was she touching? Yeah. 
You, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to have to explain that. You don't want to explain that. Not no. at that age, right? No. But I had some questions about this shit, though. I did. Me being a comedian, I had some real questions. Some real honest questions that a motherfucker like myself would think that popped right in my head when I read that headline. So what was those questions that popped in your head? <laughs> Elementary school kids. Yeah. Right? And then you filming yourself. Was it on purpose, though? I don't know. Was they sleep? Was it nap time? When did she find time to play with her clit in, in a classroom? And I know she's a substitute, so she really ain't care. But I'm just saying, when did she find that time to flick the clip? You know what I'm saying? To play a little flick volleyball or whatever I mean, y'all did do. They go out to recess and they caught her coming back in. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's so much. It's so much about this story that I want to know. I mean, but, either way, it's, it's messed up, bro. It's, it's fucked foul. up. It's foul as hell. It's fucked up. So, but my fucked up ass mind had questions. All right, we want to hear these questions though. Okay, so the first one was, why was she playing with herself in front of kids? <laughs> Seriously. Like, did that do something for her? Because if it did, that's some nasty-ass shit. Yeah, yeah, she need to be buried under the jail if that's like, the case. that's crazy. Okay, and then the other question is, why couldn't she find another teacher to sit in the class while she went to the bathroom that's and relieve herself? Hey, I and relieved herself, though. My husband left me hanging this morning. I need to run to the bathroom. Can you watch the kids with me? It, it, well, but she didn't even have to say all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that would have been, you know, a, a simple idea. I'm going to be a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, who was her dude that wasn't dicking her down right where she had to masturbate in front of some kids? Yeah, I think that's the that's the question right That's there, the question. She looked like she she should be getting it. You know That's the question. Why? Why? And then my final question was, you want to know what my final question was? What's that? Was she a squirter? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Because like, how do you explain that to a five or six year old, like, why? or a seven eight why, year old? Why Miss Wrestler just pee on herself though? What do you mean? <laughs> they don't know it's pee. <laughs> I still don't think it's pee. I don't think it's pee either. I'm just saying. And then if it was just like, did did it hit the front row? Did it get in anybody's mouth? Like, I just want it's certain questions. I want to, and I know this is a fucked up ass story, but I have a fucked up ass mind. I'm a comedian, so it was shit I wanted to know about the whole situation. Did she squirt on these kids? Did she come in front of them? Did she moan? Was she moving? Did she make any noise? Like, what the fuck was going on with this shit? You know who I feel the worst about? This is going to be bad. Who? I feel sorry the most for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm supposed to feel bad. I feel bad that I feel this way. I know I'm supposed to feel bad for the kids. I feel bad. Can you imagine how you explain any of this to your kids? <laughs> like, how do you explain her? Like, because, you know... I was a I was a crazy kid. I would have been like, man, mom, why was she moving her finger like real quick like that? Like, what was that? Like, my mom by the end of that, I probably would have got a whooping. <laughs> right, and then I would go ahead. My I bad. Would've, I would have went crazy with this. I would have been like, so why did she do that? Well, <laughs> that's not good enough. I need more of an explanation, man. This this is insane, bro. I'm about to go a little dark on you right now. Oh boy. Yeah. So. The kid that paid attention the most, the guy, mm -hmm. the boy. Oh, I'm sure. 
that paid attention the most. Mm-hmm. Is he gonna be able to find the G spot when he get older? Because <laughs> you know they always say we can't find the spot. Am I right? Yeah. So is he gonna be able to find the spot from watching his teacher? teacher. <laughs> he just said he had a great teacher. Oh shit. Oh god. And this is and this is the funny part. <laughs> the episode, cause this shit is the shit that come to my mind. Like, why are people doing crazy shit like this, man? Like, why? I don't get it. Like, Amelia, wasn't that her name? Amelia. Yeah, uh, yep. Amelia. With the sexy back tattoo. With the sexy back tattoo. <laughs> the back, not bat. That that bullshit. <laughs> why, Amelia? Why? Like, you couldn't find nobody to help you out. You couldn't wait till class was over. You couldn't wait till you got out and helped yourself out. You just had to do this shit in front of the kids. Because I'm sure there was a dual teacher there that would be willing to, like... Oh, I'm sure. I'm dead sure. And if they was all... Even if they was all old. And nowadays, all the teachers ain't even old in school no more. You know what I'm saying? Nah, they not. Because I, I remember seeing a classmate of mine that I graduated with teaching my son when he was in the ooh, fourth grade. Yeah. I mean, John- and I always thought she was cute and she was man. Yeah. I was like, "Woo, you still look good, girl." Yeah, you could have met her in the jan- met her in the janitor's closet or something, man, like move the broom over. Yeah. Or or use the broom. Use the broom. <laughs> Like she could, she has so many options, bro. She has so many options. Like she did not have to do. She this. might have got a splinter, but I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine her trying to explain that to her oh, husband yeah, or boyfriend. I got a splinter in the JJ. How'd you get a splinter there, huh? Man, it was just I one was of those a... days. You left me hanging this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy as hell. Uh, we go, we we go in that segment right there for crazy, strange, funny, fucked up ass news. Yeah. We gonna come to you real quick. Uh, we about to wrap the show up. We gonna come with t- to you with uh, some motivation to get you through your week until the next week. You hear us on the couch doing just therapy, and my dude Antonio Ferguson is gonna close us out with some motivation. And we go get up out of here, y'all. Hopefully, you check us out next episode and subscribe. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you know when the next time you got a new episode of Just Therapy. Am I right? Hell yeah. Oh, you want to thank everybody real quick yeah, for listening? Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for hitting that subscribe button. And thank you for coming back next week. So to end this, uh, like Sean said, we want to always... Uh, end with something positive, something to carry you over. You never know what people are going through. Uh, So I want to give a shout out to the person that motivates me, especially when I'm heading to the gym to go work out. Uh, That's Mr. C.T. Fletcher. So uh, in the words of C.T. Fletcher, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard life is, it is still your motherfucking set, which means basically... It is still, as long as you breathe and as long as you're on this earth, you have a chance to make tomorrow a better day. Peace. Peace out, y'all. We'll be back to y'all next time. 
and we'll let you know who we'll be sponsored by. Y'all have a good night. See you next time. All right, so I'm talking right now just to see. Um, let me hear you. I think you're deleting. Uh-uh. Talk, nigga, because I want to see I how. It deleted me. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you to talk right now. Oh. <laughs> to see how far away <laughs> we got to be. I thought you, you still had me through the. No, I'm trying to see if we do it this way. <laughs> Oh, if it sound better to one, to the one, to the one phone, nigga. <laughs> Shit.